You guys heard the new Kanye West album? No, what is it called? Jesus is King. Jesus is King. Is it good? Mm-hmm. I enjoyed some of it. <laughs> Welcome to the ACC Basketball of early stage Degenerates Kanye, Podcast. Different content. Great to be here with you fellows, all right? I will say that much. Great record also. Put that in there. Okay, okay, good. We've got a lot to do today. We've got to recap our tropical tournaments, tropical takeaways. That's where we're going to start on this pod. We did a good amount of basketball watching during the holiday week, and somehow we're still alive. Your wives didn't kill you. I'm still alive because I have no responsibility whatsoever. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Which is even more of a surprise that you're still alive without any responsibility. That's that's probably what keeps me alive is responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> true. And then we're going to look ahead to the ACC Big Ten Challenge. We will preview all the matchups in store this week, and we got some good ones, guys. So, but Gosh, yeah. it's It feels like peak ACC basketball basketball or just college basketball is like kind of arriving just as college football is like you know this was the last big weekend of college football so i feel like we have arrived i think we need it also i'm not gonna throw too much shade on how these holiday tournaments turned out or tropical tournaments but there wasn't that much energy i felt yeah a lot uh, of empty maui arenas. was kind of yeah, maui didn't feel maui-ish and then I guess Atlantis was okay, but yeah, that was I the best know. tournament by far. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that momentarily, but I want to start with this: Have we learned anything about this college basketball season? Have we gone any further, Your Honor, after this past week? I feel like I haven't learned anything new. Yeah, I feel, I feel like everybody's still the same as they were a week or two ago. Yeah, it's just reinforcing a lot of the stereotypes yeah. that we came into the season with. I think. Okay. Um, yeah. The so only two things I will say that I think has emerged is that. There are two teams who might be a cut above, and my two teams are Louisville and Michigan. Well, you think just overall oh. that's who emerged? As the cut above teams. Wow. Luckily for us, they play one another on Tuesday. <laughs> exactly. So, you know what? That was a perfect segue, <laughs> Mike, and I'm glad you spotted it out. I'm glad you figured it out. Those are the only two teams for you? Huh? Only two teams. Those are my cut above teams. Wow. Nice. I mean, uh, try spotting the line right now in the ACC. Who is the line, for goodness sakes? I, you know, I still think it's I think it's Virginia Tech, it probably. I think Virginia Tech is the, the one where if you go into Castle and lose right now, I don't think it's really that embarrassing. I think that, you know, there are probably like eight teams below the line where it is pretty embarrassing to lose to them. Um, I think it's the largest below-the-line crowd we've seen in the ACC in a I, long time. I mean, that's all, yeah, that's a lot of teams that you would <laughs> yeah. consider embarrassing losses, like two-thirds of the conference. Yeah. That was, for a long time, I've been resisting the – hashtag narrative that like the ACC is a down year or that there's no elite teams. I'm doing mm-hmm. air quotes here in, in not even only in the ACC, but just across, you know, all of college basketball. And really I feel like that's true now. And I don't have anything. It's not inspiring to me. I want to be the contrarian who's like, no, no, no. All these teams, you know, everybody parody it's and they're all good, but it's, it's been tough when you see like teams take, take losses that you feel like are, you know, chances to bolster their out-of-conference resume for come tournament time, they're missing opportunities, you know? so Well, who's missed opportunities thus far? Oh, Syracuse, man. Can't, they just can't beat anyone right now. They, I just feel like they just had a terrible... If I'm going to say worst week, worst feast week had, I'm going to go with Syracuse losing to both Oklahoma State and Penn State, who I believe will be tournament teams. So just winning one of those games would have been huge for Syracuse. So... That's somebody I feel like really missed an opportunity. Do you think they week. had a worse feast week than Duke? 
Uh, well, if Cassius Winston, if Winston would have torn his ACL, which it looked like he did, then I would have said they had the worst feast week ever. But you know, I, I don't know. Duke Duke doesn't really do it for me in uh, a lot they didn't, of ways. But they didn't wake up and blow the doors off Winthrop. Yeah, no. they really didn't. Yeah, I think the Winston they didn't cover that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, they did not cover. I don't think they can covered we, anything. Can we please give it ode to Stephen F. Austin though? What a great win. It would be a travesty if we didn't talk about this game. First of all, let me take you through my experience with this game. I was not watching start to finish. I'll be the first to admit that. But I see on the ticker at my friend's house, oh, wow, Steven Austin's taking a lead. There's about four minutes left in the game. We have to go to this game. So we find it on some, I don't know where it was, somewhere floating in the internet. And the final few minutes was absolutely captivating. Duke just struggles to score in crunch time. Jones is trying to be a creator, and and then Stephen F. Austin got a little bit, I don't know, conservative. They weren't really getting to the rim. They were waiting deep at the shot clock, which all generally happens in tight games with you know opponents who were trying to pull the upset. Duke, um, it goes to overtime after Trey Jones really has his signature head bob of all times. One of the worst calls I think I've ever seen in college basketball. He goes around a screen, and when he's around the screen safely, he head bobs, and he gets the call, whistle, goes to the line. Right. So I thought maybe it was an illegal screen or a moving screen. No. For some way, his head bobbed, even though he had a screener protecting him. Just Mm. unbelievable. Yeah, right. But can't seal the deal, and goes to overtime hitting one of two at the line. And then in overtime, uh, the steal and the score to beat the buzzer. Yeah. Just I mean, you saw it. Yeah, I think. I mean, if you're a Duke fan, you got to cringe every time Trey Jones tries like a hero ball shot where he's taking a deep two fade away. What would like, you rather see? I yeah, I guess that's the problem. The only offense they really have is what throw the ball down to Vernon Carey and hope that that's. But Carey's enough. not Shaq. Yeah, but that's that's what they're doing. That's their number one option, right? And yeah, then I mean, then it's, it's just Stanley on the wing or on the break. You know, yeah. that's that's pretty much it. Hope I mean, some of your other guys shoot can get some shots up that fall. I don't know. I was actually what most- a, what a Jack White performance again. Like that was a Jack White. He's I mean, oh, he's so bad. He's I I can't help but thinking just like looking at him from last year and this year. It's like it's oh all, that guy hasn't changed. Yeah, it's all like. No Plumley theory Mental, for right? him. Yeah, I don't no, know. Not at all. I was actually so disappointed, too, in Duke's defense. I think last time we recorded, I was singing their praises. Oh, the oh, on-ball defense mm-hmm. is amazing. And it still can look good, but they panicked a lot of times in Stephen F. Austin. And they were like, you know, coming off assignments to double guys. I don't even know if it was part of the game plan or not. but And leaving, you know, Stephen F. Austin guys wide open for easy dump down, like getting it and just well, missing yeah. assignments. I think that I Duke know. will do pretty well against Perbiter team this teams this year, but the teams who like go at them like Stephen F. Austin did, if Dayton plays Duke, it's a nightmare for the Blue Devils, I think. If you have a team like that who just goes at you to the rim in get the paint, the, they're going to the be lane. in trouble. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be in trouble. Yeah. And or even like Kerry is not great on defense, you know, down mm-hmm. low. They, I think they try and cover that up by bringing guys off, but it's just, I don't know. It's yeah. That's a good read. They'll be okay guarding the perimeter based teams. Okay. Teams what do we attacking. think of North Carolina's weird journey in the magical land of Atlantis? You know, I was ready to set up my picnic table, um, you know, at the UVA Virginia Tech tailgate. And it was going to say, you know, like, UNC is not a top 10 team. Change my mind. You know, I was ready. I was ready to set that up. Well, know, that would be dangerous because with Virginia Tech football fans, 
all over the place. You know their favorite basketball team is UNC. Virginia oh, really? Tech. Why do you say that? Because they're just a, a different breed. They love <laughs> UNC basketball because for so many years they didn't have a basketball team. So anyway, continue. Yeah, down. that's that's true. So anyways, I was so ready for uh, UNC to come out and kind of disappoint in this tournament. And, you know, obviously they got run off the floor by a red-hot Michigan team. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably my easiest cover of the weekend, uh, you know, getting that, well uh, getting points with Michigan when they won by, they were up by like 20 at one mm-hmm. point. Um, but, you know, I thought that they came out and played really well against Oregon. I know that Oregon, um, you know, pretty fatigued off the night prior, you know, after that uh, win over Gen- or loss to Gonzaga. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I was I was impressed with North Carolina. I thought that they, especially uh, Baycott, I mean, I thought that he, he played really well in Atlantis. I don't know what it is about the, uh, the warmer climate down there, but it did something for him. I thought that he really showed out and, you know, did you guys see the the block, the Cole Anthony block on the uh, the big, the Oregon yeah, big? Yeah, on Houston. Oh, dude, just climbing the ladder, getting fired up on the ground. I mean, who doesn't love that? I mean, and I still, though, you know, I think that they really need their transfers to step up, Keeling and Pierce, and still really haven't seen that from either party there. But I thought the guys, uh, you know, Brandon Robinson was back. I thought he played well. Um, so anyways, I, I actually came out encouraged with that North Carolina Oregon performance, um, which I did not expect. I mean, nobody Wait, you on didn't this team expect Carolina to beat Oregon. No, I did not. I, I thought I thought that Oregon had played really well um, up until that point. Um, well, they had an absolute grind against Seton Hall, first yeah. of all, and then the uh, the narrow loss to Gonzaga. Let me just paint a picture. Mike saying he wants to set up a table, change my mind, whatever, does not do justice to how down on North Carolina was. <laughs> this entire holiday weekend, all I heard, even through the Alabama game, like, North Carolina's terrible. They're terrible. <laughs> they got nothing. What I is mean, you, know? you know, North Carolina <laughs> hadn't covered a game in, like, three weeks. Yeah, you true. know what I mean? They, they didn't cover against Alabama. They didn't cover against Michigan. You know, they, they obviously covered against Oregon, but, you know, I, they, they had not been playing well uh, versus public perception. All right. We the Oregon small, one was a good game. Oregon yeah, is a very good, good team. I, small I like sample Oregon. size, Cole Anthony. Everybody wants him to be good so badly because there's nobody really special as far as young talent this year. Are we sure he is? Are we sure he's that special? I mean, would you take Kobe White over him? I think I would rather have Kobe White. I think I would too. Nah, it's easy to say that because the team probably was better around him. But then Kobe White did get better by the end of the year, so right. maybe Anthony will be better by the end I, of the year as well. So I don't know. I think the biggest difference might be like, you know, the the number one role, the point guard, right? And Roy Williams' offense is just get it up the floor as soon as possible. Get it to the push, push right? Yeah. Push. And I feel like he doesn't push the way that the best Carolina point guards in the past have done. Like Joe Barry. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. even like Kobe White, like yeah. move the ball down the floor before even anything else. Like get it down there as fast as possible. They don't, you know, they yeah. don't have that like they used to have. Yeah, that. I mean the pro- the problem with Cole Anthony right now is that he's got almost a one to one assist to turnover ratio. You know, I think it's like one point two, one point three to one. Um, so he's got he's got way too many turnovers right now versus uh, versus his dishes. So you got to cut that down in the Roy Williams offense for sure. Okay, fair enough. Um, anything else from the holiday tournaments? I mean, I told you my takeaways. I love Louisville and I love Michigan coming out of this. I think they're the cut above teams. You know, I, I'll throw Kansas in there as well. I've come around to Kansas. I yeah, I good. thought Kansas. Yeah, I mean, I know you're a big Dayton fan. They they came out and uh, you know took Kansas to overtime, but Kansas still kind of held mm-hmm. on. What about? I think we only had one ACC 
holiday tournament champion. Oh, the Florida State several Seminoles who right. won the Emerald Coast Classic I watched oh, last night. Oh, man. The what a wonky <laughs> game. What a, what a weird game. I mean, let's just talk about that tournament, guys. I think that the three of us could go down to Destin and sit courtside for about $8 a piece. I would love <laughs> to. Because I tell you, the, those fans aren't exactly turning out for Florida. <laughs> and there was a good field. You know, the top of that field was Tennessee, VCU, Florida State. I mean, those are, those are good quality programs there. And, Rough uh, week for VCU. Yeah, it, yeah. Talk about the teams that did you, not have a great week. Purdue, obviously, in it yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Florida State for a second. I mean, they they come out, they win in overtime last night against Purdue, um, a game that Purdue led most of that game. I feel like they were constantly up like four to six points. I think the second half was where Purdue pulled ahead a little bit. The first half was Florida State yeah. dictating a little bit, and yeah. then you know, a couple threes go in, a couple just Florida State seven plays mm-hmm. for lack of a better term just trademark Hamilton team plays and then uh Purdue is up on them but they couldn't close and you know shout out to Florida State yeah I mean in a They've game good. a game that has 123 total points and it went to overtime yeah that, I mean that's I think both teams combined uh turned it over I think what is it like you know, 20, 37 times. That's 37 turnovers between the two teams. I mean, just gouge your eyes out basketball. I mean, yeah. like, same with the VCU-Purdue game, you know, the night prior. But but anyways, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like one of the, you know, just to focus on Florida State for a second, I mean, they're, one of the stories of the season for me in the ACC has been Trent Forrest. I mean, I think I think that Trent Forrest is playing really well right now, really controlling that team. Um, I just, I'm really impressed with how well he's playing and. I, I think that he's the key for Florida State going forward. I, I just haven't seen him take the team on his shoulders as much as he has this year. I mean, his usage is way up. You know, he's participating in 26% of possessions as opposed to sub-20 every year prior. You know, I just he's just doing a lot for them, and he's he's handling that load well. And I, I was nervous about that going into the season, but, mm-hmm. you know, good for him, man. And they're, they're playing well right now. Yeah, fair enough. That's good for me. That's a wrap on the Tropical Turnipets, unless you have any other thoughts. No, no, <laughs> I can't. The Emerald Coast, I can't get over watching that and seeing like the banner they had put up, and it looked like they, you know, they had covered up like the signage. There was no official sign, no like long term signage. It looked like a banner they had printed out at like Kinko's the night before. And I was like, come on, come on, do better. This is good. <laughs> yeah, Destin. Being, being held in like what was it, Northwest Florida? I don't know, state the, or something. Like the that? big yeah. sponsor across the like scores table was something that was like Global Sports Advantage, and I was like, that doesn't sound fake at all yeah Come right, on. right right well, yeah yeah i mean wait did, so we didn't record had virginia tech already beat michigan yeah. state mm-hmm. they had already done that well, we had the love the fest of, and the then they of, absolutely yeah. got pounded by dayton and then they got pounded by who else they get? BYU. 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 they got pounded by one man on byu well, you i'm know, really so. glad we got all our love for virginia tech basketball out there when we did <laughs> perfect timing Perfect timing. Yeah, perfect herd mentality bets to uh-huh. follow them down that Dayton Road, man. Ooh, you did not want to be on that train. On what? The Virginia Tech train? Yeah, Virginia Tech. Oh, I was, I was oh, on the yeah. Dayton train. Don't oh, you worry. Yeah, yeah that's a good place to oh, be no, for the sure. The public was uh, very deceived, though. Yeah, but that's that's another two games there where I look at, you know, we talk about Syracuse having a bad week. You know, it would have been great. Obviously, the Michigan State win was huge, but just to get one of those two wins against BYU or Dayton there, um, I, I think BYU is a borderline NCAA tournament team, so I really would have liked to see Virginia Tech get that win to help uh, it been kind nice. of boost yeah. their resume. I know. I, I'm starting to have a few doubts about Virginia Tech being uh, a shoe-in, necessarily, for a tournament team. Yeah, you're right. 
Yeah. I don't know. It all depends. I mean, they've got. I mean, if you finish fifth in the ACC or sixth, which we were talking about last podcast, yeah, that you're in the field now. Yeah. Maybe they're not fifth or sixth. Maybe this team does take some more lumps when they when they go cold. I mean, when they, this team That's does right. not shoot well, they're not going to win. They're so, not going to get second looks. They're never going to mm-hmm. get an offensive rebound. And they're not that good defensively. So everything is based off, can you shoot well that night? Mm-hmm. So that that is our summary of Feast Week games, I guess. I mean, so what uh, was well, there? Well, those any... were the teams in the you know premier tournaments. Virginia right. Tech was in Maui. Carolina was in Atlantis. Right. Did We uh, we talked about Florida State at the Emerald Classic. Right, right. And yeah. then uh, NC State at Barclays. Uh, we're not going to go into that until later. Oh. Maybe we should save that, Taylor, because I, mean, I want a full recap. It's but... just rough. I so know. what of the, the NC State tough. Memphis game? Talk Life about, is difficult. Talk about missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to say. You know, so this is Thanksgiving Day, 4 p.m. is when this thing is going right. And keep in mind, Taylor and I are cooking Thanksgiving Day dinner today. How together, many Bloody okay? Marys deep is Taylor? Oh, dude, we're so many. I mean, Bloody Marys. There's there's it, brown it, it water. It should tell you something that I, beer. I was stone cold sober, and that's a bad sign. <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner. That's how you know something's gone wrong. So we we co- <laughs> we're cooking for like 14 adults and like six children. I mean, there are 20 people under one roof relying on us to put and food on the table. And you're doing all of it. And we're doing all of it, right? So like NC State is just about to tip, I think, and immediately like Taylor's two ovens go out. Like they just stop working, and the two turkey, turkeys, the in two there. turkeys are in it, and we're like, I just look at them stone cold. I'm just like. We got we got to move. So like we immediately pack everything up, go over to like his brother's condo, immediately like steam the thing up. So like it's like two hours of just like rush cooking. I feel like I'm on like one of those Japanese cooking shows. Uh-huh. NC State wow. is like blaring in the background, <laughs> and well, you know I'm like screaming like and one, and I'm like you know like putting in like the turkey. DJ Funderburk is back. I feel immediately energized, and then they just go so like NC State where they just can't stop anyone. Like the idea of like relying on a defensive stop for NC State is is like, you know, putting cranberry sauce, just getting it out of the jar. So this is you just know, great just like imagery oh, for well, you. Now, <laughs> maybe this will tell you something about my worldview. Mike and I had a long conversation about this. I may uh, love the jellied Canned cranberry sauce. I think it's delicious, and Mike thinks that's a travesty. That no, I no. I mean, when you when you put it out, it just goes like yeah. <laughs> it just like slurps mm. out. Of the and can. That, that sound just does something deep within my soul. I'm like, yes, I'm ready for well, this. Well, you know, I I just figured it out, guys. NC State was imagery for your Thanksgiving dinner preparation. Yes, it was going yeah, on yeah. simultaneously. Things are going well in oven number one. You've got everything under control, and then all of a sudden, you can't stop. You know, the other team. You cannot stop uh, the oven from going out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They had I mean, to scramble, and it didn't work out. Midway through that first half, is they're like, just, you know, it's it's all fine. They're only down three. Yeah. Oh wait, they're down seven. Oh wait, they're down sixteen. It's halftime. <laughs> oh, yeah. my, oh my god, the ovens are out. <laughs> and then you're like just scrambling to come back, and I'll give it to them. They had some fight. They cut it down to one possession. Memphis hit a big floater in the mm. lane to stretch it to five, and ended up winning by five. Uh, much much to my dismay. But it, it's but, certainly not a good sign that. You know, Wiseman, of course, out. And then Lester Quinones was out, who right. I thought from watching a little, couple of Memphis games earlier this season is really like the person who keeps them in check and like runs the show. And when he was out, I was like, oh, this that's a really good sign. So like, we got him. We got him. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Listen, one thing I've learned in life is you can never trust NC State, even if they're going against an injury depleted team. Yeah. I've fallen into that trap many times. I'm not going to do it again. So let's go ahead and look ahead, guys. Good recap. The ACC Big Ten Challenge 
tips off on Monday night with two doozies. The <laughs> Miami Hurricanes going up against the Underwoods of Brad, also known as the Illinois Fighting Illini. Taylor, please pull up the lines. And then following that, it gets better, guys. Clemson, Minnesota, Ooh. round two, because I'm sure these two teams have met before in the, in the, the challenge. I'm sure they have. Doesn't it feel like this is like a game every single year, Minnesota and Clemson? Yeah, I don't know. And I feel like every year I just I look forward to it less and less. It's just like, <laughs> man, this one, this one I don't see either team getting to 60. Well, but, you know, ugh. maybe this is the revenge game because Minnesota really, really – Hurt us. They cut us deep in Charlestown last year. They Game did. Game one. They of did. The NCAA tournament. Just throttling Louisville there. Ooh. So I, I say we continue to make them an enemy. So mm-hmm. Minnesota is your two-point favorite in this game. Ooh. Mm-hmm. On See, the road, a two-point favorite. Cl- that's right. No, no, no. no it's, home. it's a home game for Minnesota. Isn't Clemson right. the team that just always loses by two? <laughs> Or three. They played. They played all right against Colorado. I mean, if, yeah, depending on where you had them, I yeah. mean, that was either cover or push. I mean, and TCU is a good is a good win for them that overtime win they had. That's you know, TCU is a top fifty Ken Palm team. That's a good win. Well, I will say this much: if we're looking at Minnesota's four losses, woof, this early in the season, they have come against stiff competition. They lost to Oklahoma. They lost at Butler. They lost at Utah, and then to DePaul. Your Dave Latos Taylor, who are actually confident this year yeah yeah yeah. so that's the case for minnesota hmm. um you know what give me clemson i'm gonna think, maintain that minnesota is our enemy and we need to continue to go against them that's oof. my only rationale here's the thing i work so minnesota <laughs> uh so sorry clemson is playing pretty fast this season like relatively fast and but they're not their offense has really not been that efficient and tevin mack is probably their best offensive player right now he's shooting 42 percent from three maybe i've just I don't do I trust Tevin Mack to continue shooting forty two percent from three? Is that is he new from what we've seen in you know in the past? I don't know. Amir Sims probably hasn't been as prolific as you'd like him to be on the offensive end. I just worry that they're gonna have trouble and they have obviously found had trouble finding ways to score. Sims against is not shooting team. well from the floor. No. At all. And settling for tough shots way too often, you know, that the shot selection can be can hurt them sometimes. And when you play fast and you don't offensive rebound, they're not a good offensive rebounding team. It can get it can get dicey really quick. I feel like this team should be about Mac and not about Sims, but I think that Brownell and company just want to make it about Sims and they need to shift. Yeah, I think if they try to make it about Sims in this game, I mean, they're going to run into Oturu for Minnesota, who's a dominant big man. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to be a nice big man matchup, but I think Clemson generates a lot of offense through turning over the opponent's guards. And I feel like Marcus Carr, Peyton Willis, I mean, they're great at, you know, being able to control pace and not turn the ball over. So actually, I I like Minnesota here. I'll lean Minnesota. The raised floor throws you off too. Yeah, you know, they're so at home as well. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm sticking with Clemson. Going right. back to your Sims Mac thing, if you look at the usage rates and like the percentage of shots they're taking, it's pretty equal right now. They're, well, it shouldn't be. But Mac is just much more efficient. I mean, like 20 percent higher effective field goal rate. Mm-hmm. A lot more of their points. Plus, he's a threat from the perimeter, all that sort of and stuff. And it's you also know? easy for him to initiate. It's harder right. for Sims because you have to dump in. I he mean, has the that, ball in his that hands risks turnovers and risks a lot. Okay, let's go on to Miami and Illinois. This Miami team. Oh, give me something to believe in with Miami, uh, man. It's just, I just, is it's it, so hard. It's sad, I think, at this point. Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, I. Is the clock on Jim Laranega? We need to start thinking about this this season. Oh, no. no. He can't be fired no before Danny Manning. No well, 
I mean, no offense to Miami, but what's the tradition there? There's no like, what what kind of legendary success has their program had outside of Jim Laranega? Yeah, you're right. I'll give you that. It's but... a football school, whatever. I don't know. It's only been a couple years since. I mean, yeah, I guess they've had some first round losses, but they've been in the tournament. They were in the tournament for three straight years. Well, so they had a pretty good team against Loyola Chicago. And they yeah. lost that right. game at the yeah. buzzer. They lost it at the buzzer. Yeah. yeah. So that was two that years wasn't ago, too right? long ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was only two years ago. Yeah, you're right. They'll be fine. Uh, I mean, talk about missed opportunities. I don't I think we just forgot about them because nobody expected them to win these games. But they got blown out by, by Florida, Florida and Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I mean, even worse against UConn. And that was just oh, tough. And both of those games would have been nice to add to their resume. It would have been their only win against a sub one hundred Ken Palm team. Either What's our own. line for this game? They are at Illinois. Eight points. Ooh. Illinois is the eight-point favorite. I think Illinois looks really words, good. Two words, not enough. <laughs> Give me Illinois. No, Illinois has played well. Um, looking at their resume right now, I mean, besides getting trounced at Arizona, they played well against all the cream buffs, and they can score. I mean, this team can put up some points. I even I watched the Arizona Illinois game, and they I don't know if they were ahead in the first half, but they looked really good against Arizona in the first half, and then kind of just blew it in the second half. They're the Underwood coach team, so you know what you're going to get. That's kind of the case you can make for Miami here is that Miami has the sixth best turnover rate on offense in the nation, so they hold on to the ball really well. And you know Illinois is totally based on like generating turnovers, high pressure, and then getting their offense off their defense and they turn the ball over at a really high rate so you can kind of see how maybe Miami slows the game down a little bit they get Illinois to make some bad choices you know they keep it close I just I'm reaching here admittedly this is me like grasping I don't think Miami moves the ball at all they don't move the ball well enough that's why they don't get good shots I think I don't know what do you what do you two think I, honestly, I Miami is not giving me anything to believe in whatsoever. I mean, maybe it's ball movement, maybe it's you know a lack of an effective big you know down low. I just think that Illinois is way too much. I think that Illinois is a tournament team this year and should make a significant impact mm-hmm. going forward. The Miami teams of old could have shut down these. I mean, the bigs of Illinois—they're just going to be playing volleyball against the glass. I mean, Miami's not going to be able to rebound the basketball. Uh, currently, Illinois is the number one team, offensive rebounding team in the country. So, I just there's just nothing I see on the Miami side that makes me think that they can cover eight points on the road against a you know a good Illinois. Team. So we've got two Illinois. Taylor, who's your pick? Get ready for this. Let me let me drop this on you. I'm going to tell you exactly. In the car over here, I told Mike Illinois is going to wax Miami so bad, <laughs> but we're going to start talking about this game, and I'm going to look deep in Luke's eyes, and I'm going to say, you know what? Give me Miami. I think Miami's going to cover here. I, I like okay. him here. Let's right. go. Okay. <laughs> you know Vasilevich will just be gunning oh, for Vasilevich. three. Yeah. There are worse offensive options for them. He's a great shooter. There's always one team who gets absolutely waxed the first day of the challenge. The yeah, first exactly, little, exactly. And unfortunately, Virginia Tech is not involved this year in the challenge, but you know, that first Monday, it's just like, what are we doing? Do we really need to be watching? Yes, but we, we end up watching these games. We always do. I think overall ACC looks so overmatched. Like They could lose every game. Game in this challenge, that's yeah. ridiculous. And then some, what, are you, what are you talking? About? And then somehow I'm going to talk myself into taking the ACC. Yeah, team so in so every far are we up, projecting yeah. the ACC at, uh, as 0 for two. 
I mean, I, Luke, maybe you have a one and one with Clemson eking it out. Mm, I think Owen two it might be. Yeah, actually, totally. I mean, <laughs> the Clemson pick is. I, I don't have any rationale for that. Okay. I have zero rationale. I will so. say a collective O for two. Then that's our okay. that's our projection. Northwestern right. and Boston College Tuesday. Woof. It gets We're much. We're not talking too much about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Boston College who recently um, lost by oh, what was it over oh, twenty? What about the Richmond game? Yeah, yeah. So the Richmond game. Let me tell you. Apparently, apparently, yeah. I wish I would have been there. I, I would have said I would have affected the line, but you know, when you lose by twenty three on the road, um, I don't think there was any hope of Boston College covering that. And plus, I think when you have uh, forty drinks in three and a half days, you're not really in a position to uh, go to the game, go to a two thirty game. Let me tell you, Daddy, Mike's, Mike's Daddy needs older. his nap time. Okay, there's a lot of people coming out being like, "Why is he in the kiddie pool?" You know, forty degree weather, and I'm like, "Look, you know." Sometimes I run a little hot and I need to cool down. I mean, that's the answer for that. Um, so yeah, no. Let's just say I did not make the uh, did not make it there for that game. We had plans to make it to that game. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. It was a it was a big win here in Charlottesville. You know, beating Virginia Tech in football, which usually I don't engage with football. Um, but yeah, that that really set it off there. So, anyways. Um, but yeah, I did. I did watch the game later um, in replay, and I can tell you, Boston College isn't good. Uh, when, <laughs> wow. When you when it becomes Nick Popovich's team, um, you know, there's not a lot. There's not a there, lot to go. There's on a lot of Richmond fans who feel bittersweet because you know, great win for them. Richmond looks has looked okay this season, but a pretty good this season. But the fire Chris Mooney uh, bandwagon has taken a big hit. That, that <laughs> campaign has slowed down dramatically. That is unfortunate. You, Guys, <laughs> it's time. I'm sorry. Oh, man. It's time for the return of this segment. Luke on commentators, all right? <laughs> and it revolves around Popovich. And I can't remember which game I was watching, but you've got these commentators. They're all bad in these... Barclays, whatever showcases there, are, you know, somebody has to be away from their families during Thanksgiving. So it's the bottom of the totem pole, right? Right. For the most part. And you get these comments. Well, would y'all let me tell you something about Nick Popovich? This guy's only getting started, man. This guy's, this guy's only getting started. He's going to get so much better ceiling on this guy. And he, he works. He comes to work every single day. Just like, come on, guys, settle down. Nick Popovich, he is who he is at this point. He's, he's not a, getting any, any better. He's, he's not getting better. Also. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah. Nick is the most reliable player in the ACC. Hey, let me tell you something. You know, <laughs> this guy's you, only getting started, man. You know exactly what you're getting out of Nick Popovich. Exactly. He's the mashed potatoes of the ACC. You know, not, maybe not going to blow you out of the water, but just solid. Yeah, Good, I you tell know? you, Kai Bowman was that sweet gravy on top, but he misses him. Let me tell you Yeah, that. you need the gravy to give it something. Yeah. <laughs> Ew, Nick. But anyways, yeah, no guard play. But Chris Collins' group at Northwestern ain't much better. No. Um, so I think we're projecting here a one-point line uh, for Boston College to be favored. They're playing at home. Northwestern's only played at home thus far. Yeah, this is their first away game. Wow, um, that's crazy. Give me BC. You know what? Screw it. Yeah, sure. I'll go with BC here. Why not? I mean, Derek Thornton will be the best player on the floor. I mean, Oh, that's the most depressing thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh my gosh, are you joking me? I like Stephon Mitchell to be able to lock up uh, at least one of the two bigs for Northwestern. So, 
What yeah, about, sure. What about Jay Heath, the freshman for Boston College? He's kind of been a revelation. That's a, that's you know signs of sharp hope. shooter. You, you gotta know, love you a go. sniper. Yeah, he he's a beast. Um, but you know he's not really good at anything outside of shooting a three. But you know whatever. So that means three Boston colleges, right? Uh, no, I'm gonna uh, give me Northwestern. What? How dare Wait, you? I have to yeah, take a stand in. against you guys. All right, fine, fine. <laughs> when Mike told me Derek Thornton's gonna be the best player on the floor, I was How like, I gotta, I can't do this. Has Taylor been so far on the ride over here? He's trashing Miami, and yeah. now he's picking. Against Against Boston College, unbelievable. Yeah, that that <laughs> NC State game changed him. <laughs> <laughs> the most important thing for me to do is to remain on brand. <laughs> okay. All right, what's next? What's the next game? This game seems too easy to pick. Iowa at the Syracuse Orange. Oh my goodness, what's the projected line? It can't. It can't be high enough. Iowa is projected as your three point dog. No. That's got to change. That's <laughs> wow. got to change. That can't be right. No. People love the carrier down. I can't be reading this. A, let me tell you something. People love the carrier down. <laughs> let me tell you, Mike. <laughs> let me tell these you. These are the games that every single season, they pop up, and we're like, something's wrong. There's a typo. Ken Palm got something wrong. Vegas has it wrong. The Vegas line generally follows the and Ken Palm. And we just yeah. flock to the Iowa, whoever is playing Syracuse, and we're like, this is a slam dunk. The matchup seems perfect for Iowa. They love to move the ball quickly on the perimeter. They lock, load, and fire away at will. There's no hesitation. And then when the game starts, it just goes awry somehow. We have not once this season had a comment from Mike about, like, this is the line that built those palaces <laughs> out in the desert. So maybe this is the game. This is how they that built the position. This Syracuse might be has it. looked so bad. I, I don't see how Iowa loses this game. I mean, gosh. I, I don't see it either. I mean, I'm just looking at the matchups here. I mean, you know, Iowa's just going to be able to stretch them out. They're such a skilled shooting team. I, oh, I, I just don't understand how Syracuse scores the basketball right now. I mean, Elijah Hughes has started off pretty well. You know, in my opinion, I think he's played pretty well. But, you know, Dolajai and Sidibe and, I mean, <laughs> you know, Beheim, you know, it's just no. Just no. I mean, they're just not – they're not scoring, you know, either efficiently or at volume. I just – I don't see it, and even defensively, you know, they're just they're just not really doing it for me. I I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm taking Iowa. You know what? Let's just go head on to heartbreak in this one. Charge right into that hurricane. Now, you know, Mark Wahlberg. Now let's try to ride the big wave in the perfect okay. storm. Let's just do it, dude. I don't know. It is kind of desperation mode, though. If they don't win this game, you know. Their non-con is going to look real bad. It's okay. Syracuse is not making the tournament this year. What are you talking about? I'm just saying. Maybe this is where he maybe makes about? a stand. Maybe he just makes a stand. He's probably, you know, they play on Tuesday. They I feel like Mike and I are Friday. switching places. Now I have to be like, oh, Syracuse took on a feisty Bucknell team. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. This is this is tough. This is not a game I would bet on at all. Um, it does seem like a trap Why? game to me. I, oh. You know what? Now Screw it. You're doing it. Screw it. Here it is. You're right. This is money line Syracuse. <laughs> this is how they built it. This is the way to go. Like, there's no way that Iowa should lose this game, but. Well, you know hold what? up. Syracuse are favorites, so you money yeah. line is not an option. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're even favorite. They're, it gets worse. Syracuse yeah, it does. I mean, that line will probably change. The numbers look good for Syracuse because they've won a bunch of games by a lot of points against some bad teams, but. All the teams they've played that have been actual good teams, Oklahoma State, Penn State, and Virginia, they've lost. Yeah. And and their next their best win is Colgate at home. All four of their wins have come at home against teams that are in the one hundreds and two hundreds. How do we feel about Joe Girard these days? I mean upstate gritty kid. 
I, I can't wait for you to do a segment on commentators because commentators love to talk about Joe Girard. You know, yeah, they, you know why? Because he's an upstate gritty kid. Right. Instantly start talking New York, about New York basketball, high guy. school yeah. basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Upstate New York. Yeah. Did, did he, he averaged 50 points a game in high school, et cetera, et cetera. That's what we're going to call him. We're going to call him Upstate Gritty Joe. That's his new name. <laughs> On to the best college basketball game to date, and it comes in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Now, I might have plugged this a little bit at the beginning of the podcast. We're going to get it, guys. The Louisville Cardinals, in Ooh. their first significant test of the season, will be going up against your Atlantis champions, Led by Jawan Howard. Yeah, vindicate me because I was the all on Michigan, Michigan Wolverines. You yeah. were. You were all over I Michigan. I think I was just shouting Jawan Howard over and over uh, into hold this up. mic. No, no, no. That's not true. You said that Oregon was going to win Atlantis. Yeah, I did like Oregon better. And then you also said that North Carolina might win it if Oregon doesn't win it. So how can you be vindicated here? No, I just saying I, I've been saying that I like Michigan. But you like everybody. <laughs> I'm going to take, take you it like where I can everyone. get it. You like everyone. But this, this is a first, well, not the first matchup, but, you know, first kind of late early season matchup of two top 10 Ken Palm teams. So Michigan currently ranked 10th, Louisville second overall. The current projected line, Louisville minus seven. That's got to change. The game, That's is, gotta at, go down, the game is at the Yum Center. I don't know. I don't think, you know, I think home court's worth about six. You know, so maybe on a neutral, this is a three-point line for Louisville. So, no, I don't think it's going to – if it's going to move, maybe to six. Yeah, I still think Louisville's really good, but they did have a shaky performance against Akron a couple weeks ago. Akron's pretty good, though. Maybe I would like ago. maybe I should do a mid-major minute and we could talk about Tulsa and Akron. Oh, are you ready? For, is it <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not ready. Okay, I'm not ready. Later, 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 later. I could. I love how excited you were there. He had um, the music queued up. Yeah, he was. Up. He was ready Our to go. Segments. But I mean, just great matchups across the board here between Michigan and uh, Louisville. I'm, of course, you know, I love my bigs. What can I say? But this Enoch Teskey matchup. Is is really going to do something for me? I mean, they're they're the two. I think both offenses run through these guys, um, and you don't see that a lot, obviously, in basketball these days. Running offense through the big, but Teske, your MVP of the battle for Atlantis, and Enoch, I think you know has been while while Joe, Jordan War has obviously been on you know ACC mm-hmm. Player of the Year level. I think I think if you're going to pull the players National internally player the in Louisville, I might say that Enoch is is more important to the team. I think he allows them to do so much. So I, I'm really interested in that matchup. I mean, what who, what matchups do you guys kind of look at? And say, I want to like, see if uh, Michigan has the defensive antidote to War. I would feel really confident if this was a beeline team, but it's not. But there really hasn't been that much drop-off in the Michigan defense. They've still been really sound. Yeah. So... Is this one of those games where Wara is just going to shoot over Michigan? That's what I have to ask myself. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Livers. I, I imagine Livers will be guarding him, Isaiah Livers, and you know he's six seven. I mean, you know, so I don't, I don't see that. I don't see him really shooting over him that much. Um, and you know, I don't know, but that that's my opinion. I mean, I, I don't know that. I, I don't, I don't think he'll be shooting over him. I think on the other end, it's it's hmm. going to be even more important because I'm interested to see the point guard matchup. Uh, Xavier Simpson has looked really good. Oh, old, old scoop and fade yeah. and high off the glass, Xavier mm-hmm. Simpson. He has the second highest assist rate in the nation too, mm. while while you know scoring. And then Isaiah Livers is like shooting the lights out. Um, Eli Brooks too. But can I think Louisville's going to get up in their face and really pressure those guys? And they're gonna, I think they're going to disrupt the Michigan offense a little bit. And then the offense has looked really good, but you know the. The defense is probably their calling card. I just think Louisville is too 
well-rounded across the board. That's why I like them above all. I mean, we've looked at so many teams that are great at one thing. You know, we say they're awesome at this, but they're flawed in the other half of the game. Mm. And Louisville doesn't, you can't really make that argument for Louisville. I think they're very, they can just like, they're very solid. They're push all those buttons. Yes. Yeah. Listen, so I like, I like Louisville here. Here's my counter. Michigan is unafraid. We saw that in Atlantis. They're going to be unafraid at the Yum Center. I value that. I treasure that. When I'm looking at this, I think Louisville might win this game, but they're not covering seven. That's where I stand. I can't imagine that the line will end up at seven. I think it's got to go down right now. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, between five and seven, though. I mean, really, anything above one possession, would you would you bet on Michigan? I'll take Michigan plus seven. Yeah, that's what I. Okay, but but even if it were even if it were like three and a half, I'd take Louisville. I'd take Louisville. Okay. I'm picking games like Here's exactly a spot on. This is way seven. not good. What'd you say? A huge you say difference that? between three and a half and seven this year. Yeah, huge. Hmm. I Mike. mean, Malik Williams is back for Louisville as well. I, you know, I just don't really trust Darius Perry or um, Kimball, Fresh Kimball. You know, to be able to contain Simpson. I mean, I think that he's going to be able to do what he wants. I think he's going to be able to get to the second level of Louisville's defense. Um, I, I like Michigan in this matchup. Mm-hmm. I think I think they're they're the hottest team right now in the country. I think it's a perfect time to go to the Yum Center and try to uh, flex their muscles a little bit. I I I like them here. I mean, yeah, give me. And Michigan. it might just be Louisville's turn to lose. Yeah, maybe it's maybe. been everybody's turn to lose so far, for the most part. Like this past week, it was Duke and Carolina. It was just their turn. Yeah, I just think and it that, just it might be Louisville's turn next. Yeah, I just think that Michigan has the bigs to keep up with Louisville. I mean, I think Teske and Castleton can can match up decently with Enoch and Malik Williams. Um, and I just don't – I don't know. You guys know I'm not like a huge Jordan Mora fan. I, I like Liver's ability to lock him up one-on-one and also be able to you know stretch him out on the perimeter and make him work defensively. So, mm, yeah. yeah, give me Michigan. we got two Michigans and one Louisville. Let's move on to a big game – for a big team that we've already talked about, Florida State at Indiana. The Hoosiers, sneakily undefeated. Yes. And I think if we're projecting the line right, Florida State might actually be the underdog in this game. That sounds right. Indiana, one-point favorite. You know Assembly Hall is going to be full. Their team is undefeated, and That's everyone's true. had the Kool-Aid. That's true. They've had injections in Bloomington. And I mean, like, through the vein. Indiana's played every game at home. Their best win is Louisiana Tech. I, I I don't feel super impressed by that. I don't know. Should I feel differently? How many Indiana fans think their team is back to like national contender status? I don't. I don't have a fifty percent. I have no seventy, sixty. I don't have as as good a pulse check on Indiana as you're gonna have to read my book. When I, it comes I would out. say like Indiana 10%. fans are gonna be a big. I would say ten percent. I don't think that anybody believes that like Archie has turned the team around no. to the point where they're a Final Four team. I think Indiana fans have become so jaded and burned, like UVA fans, where they expect to lose all the time. You know, they're just like, oh, this not no, I not feel to like the same NC extent. State fans. That's the corollary. Oh, that's tough. First of all, is your beard ramming into the mic or something? What is that noise? <laughs> Do you guys hear that? It's like. Every other second, I hear like boom, 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 boom. Is this it? Is this it? You really need to shave. Uh, Good gracious. Look, let me tell you something. Indiana is is gonna get totally waxed in this game at home, and it's gonna be another like sweaty, uncomfortable moment for a Miller brother. Um, 
their entire offense is built around penetration. Okay, guard penetration, and that just ain't gonna happen against Florida State. I mean, I mentioned your entire offense is built around penetration. <laughs> no, that's offensive. Got him. Um, uh, but yes, uh, but I mentioned like Trent Forrest earlier, right? Like being able to control pace. I mean, he's he's an all ACC defensive guy. I mean, he's definitely gonna be able to control, uh, you know, the Indiana guards from being able to get into the paint and work. I mean, I just I really like I really like uh, Florida State here. I think that they're. They're the perfect team to come in and shut down Indiana, who's so offensive reliant. Um, you know, I just I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. Give me Florida State. I like points. Patrick Williams if he can just get to the rim. I don't want him shooting from outside too much. I don't I want, want him to get to the rim. Yeah. I don't want anybody on Florida State outside of Devin Vassell shooting. Maybe Anthony Polite too. But yeah, they're not. They don't have much shooting. No, no, they're not a shooting team. But, but give me Florida State just because I'm you, I'm on the bandwagon. You don't want Nathaniel now. Jack shooting. He's been fine. Yeah, he's fine. I mean, I guess. the game, the the thing to do in this game, you got to pound the under. I mean, the over is going to be so high because I think that. Oh, I agree. I think yeah. that the way that people predict that Indiana is going to be able to run out, it's probably going to be like one thirty five, one forty. Just take the under and just enjoy the game. I mean, I think that Florida State's really gonna really gonna lock them down, um, especially on the road. I like Florida State money line in this game. Ooh. Well, I mean, they're going to be one-point dogs, so there why not? Just, right. just give me Florida yeah, State. Yeah, just get a little plus action. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take them spread, too, if that's what we're doing as far as rules. All right. Yep. Cool. I like Florida State. Ever since that, the pit loss threw everybody off the sense, got it back against Florida. They've been great ever since. Yeah. Seven they, in a row. I don't know. Purdue's kind of struggling, too, though. So, I mean, I don't know. They they had a nice win against Tennessee, but the others, yeah. Mike, you're the one straddling the microphone. It's you. It's me? Yeah, it's oh, been well, my, you. my mic is wobbling. Are you getting the shakes because you haven't had, like, ten drinks? Yes, that's probably <laughs> it, too. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Very sad, very sad. Goodness gracious. Yeah, sorry. I'm just excited to talk to you guys. Uh, okay. Taylor, your pick in this one? Florida State. Oh wow! Consensus. Oh wait, consensus. All right. Well, you know what that means. Indiana is a sure, sure bet. That's what happened. <laughs> that's what happened with Colorado last week. So anyway. Yeah. Rutgers and Pitt. Nope. <laughs> Duke and Michigan State. Let's continue. Uh, Pitt, your four-point favorite. Great. At home. Sure. Uh, Give them to me. That's fine. Yeah. No, cool. I'll take Rutgers. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going. I mean, I actually really like Pitt, but, you know, I like Rutgers more. I think Rutgers is actually a good team. Give me Pitt. Okay. Great. I pretend to know nothing about um, Rutgers. Yeah, well, and, good. Yeah, so that's all right. I, let's I'm move on. Surprised. Number one, Duke. And number three, Michigan State. Well, this is they're not going to be in those uh, rankings when this uh, right AP poll comes out. We're taping this on a Sunday, by the way, folks. So Sunday afternoon. Yeah. So Cass- Michigan State, your six point favorites. And Cassius Stanley will not play. You know, has his hamstring injury. Did I call him Cassius Winston earlier? You, oh, he I didn't is even Cassius know. Winston. What are you talking but about? He no, was Cassius confused. Stanley. I was mentioning for Duke. I think I called him Cassius Winston. Anyways. Um, but yeah, the battle of the Cassius, one will be on the sideline, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, with this hamstring injury. So obviously that limits their their defensive perimeter play, but you know, it doesn't really matter against Michigan State, who, you know, isn't overly reliant on the three anyways. You know, they mostly are a uh, you know, grind and pound team through Xavier Tillman on the inside, working through Cassius Winston. Um so I don't know. I mean, people are down on Michigan State right now. People, people are down are, on Duke. People are down on Duke. You know, it's a home game for Michigan State. 
you feel like you see Duke win a lot of these games. I mean, you know, historically. So, I don't know. I mean, what what are your thoughts on? I don't on who love prevails? Duke on the road in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I think we have a, a couple examples of them struggling away from home in the challenge, like that time they went up to Columbus and got drilled. So, uh, I feel like maybe the Izzo pep talk in the press conference, calling his team out, throwing them under the bus after the VT loss might have done something to this team. Um, I know they didn't have great wins against Georgia and UCLA because, I mean, Georgia and UCLA are not very good teams. But um, giving Michigan State at home. So this is Duke's first true road game all season. And what's I, the line? Six. Michigan State, it's six a lot, point favorite. Though. It's a it's lot, a lot, lot of points. for Michigan State. I, I'm wor- I might, can I retract what I said? Sure. All right. uh, <laughs> I, need, I need to don't, think more. Don't okay? let me stop I need to you. Think a little bit more about this. Thing. I'm going to change my mind six times by okay. the end of the sentence. All right. I, I think six points is a little too much, even though I'm worried about Duke's ability to keep up. Um, so at six points, I'd probably still take Duke with those mm. points. Take the under as well. Man, uh, just based on what you said, Taylor, I'm I'm all over Michigan State. I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready to put everything in. Yeah, just give me plus six. Give me the points at home. I mean. They, without Cash, without Cassius Stanley for Duke, I mean, to me, he's been their most important player. I mean, I he's kind of been their X factor that they need. It's just going to be Trey Jones and Vernon Carey, and I, I think Tillman is going to he's going to be able to lock up Carey. I think Tillman's one of the best defenders, defending big men in the country. So I'm I'm actually okay with that matchup down low, and it's not like yeah. I'm expecting like Trey Jones to go off against Cassius uh. Winston, you know, like. I, if anything, you would be worried about the other side of that where Trey Jones might lock up Cassius Winston a little bit. But again, these teams just met in the Elite Eight, you know, what was it, six months ago or something like that? You know, they already had that mashup. And Cassius Winston, I'm going to look back, but I remember him balling outrageous in that game. Um, I'm going to look it up right there, now. There were some scary yeah, moments. Yeah, I mean, he where... had 20 points and 10 assists and one turnover. So, you know, a 10 to 1 assist to turnover ratio, you know, if you're worried about Trey Jones locking him up and creating turnovers, I mean, you can go ahead and not worry about that. Who's going to guard Bingham for Duke? Uh, that's a good question. I guess Matthew Hurt. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean that, that, that sort of makes sense. But don't you think, I mean, Bingham's, he's like 6'11". Yeah. He's yeah. hurt like 6'9". Yeah, but he's kind of they're kind of in that same yeah. role in the offense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would assume Matthew Hurt though. Well, this could be a- Jack White. Yeah, Jack White. It's gonna maybe. be Jack White. You know? Yeah, maybe Jack White. Wendell Moore. Hmm. No, maybe. I'm I mean, gonna stay with Michigan State, but I don't love it. Are we really overthinking don't love it? it? Should we just take Michigan State? Yeah, I would take Michigan You're- State money line. I think it'd be plus if it were actually a six point line. You know, they're six point favorites. A six point favorite. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. So. I- Gosh, yeah, you wouldn't want to take him. But anyways, yeah, I would take him six points. Yeah, I, I don't think feel that's fine. I don't feel great about that though. I think that's fine. no. No, okay, there were some fine. worrisome moments in those games against Stephen F. Austin and even Winthrop, where like Trey Jones was just getting run around on the like mm-hmm. be right up in his face and get dribbled around. I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe it isn't the second coming. Okay, on to Wednesday. Number seven. This is a lot well, of college basketball. I'm still on like, Duke, to, just on, to be not opposite even, from you guys. Like, so we're not even close to being Tuesday done. is like, yeah, that's a lot of ACC basketball. Oof. And we have the second best matchup of the challenge coming as the final game of the challenge. We'll get there momentarily, but on to Wednesday. Virginia, I think they're going to bump up in the poll a little bit, so I'm not going to call them number seven because the poll's about to be released. Uh, take it on Purdue. So a rematch of the Elite Eight game, which is on everyone's DVRs in this uh 200 mile radius. So 
Purdue, not a great team. Let's face it. Virginia, gosh, they look horrible on offense. Um, <laughs> I was at the main game. I was floating from press road to boxes because I yeah, felt you like invited was, me to a box seat in the, hol- in the main well, game. Yeah, I was in the holiday spirit. I, it's not my notably. It's, it's my good friend's not connection. Not me, and you knew I was at that game. <laughs> yeah. I just want to point that out to everyone. Well, I didn't know you were at the game because uh, all I knew was that Mike was had his. Dogs. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So we yeah we should mention that. So I like roll up to the basketball game, the CVA main game, and I'm like driving up, and I'm like, oh yeah, I can't wait to go to the game, and got my whole family in the car, and I'm like, all right, yeah, we're all gonna go, and I'm like, oh crap. The dogs in the car too because i rolled five deep i'm like shoot me you can't bring the dog into the into jpj so i immediately text luke because he lives in charleston i'm like man what can i do and he immediately texts his, his wonderful beautiful friend orion and orion that's my, that's my roommate yeah agrees to watch him for me i really appreciate that orion and i everybody here listening please uh listen to his band orion and the melted crayons which is actually grammy good. nominated yeah so very, yeah. very good. Is that true? I don't think it is. No, no, it's not. It's <laughs> a very interesting lineup. Sometimes I'm featured in these lineups, just to let you know. Uh, I'm not on any of the uh, studio-produced music, so. Uh, oh, unfortunately, uh, very I'm a, nice. I'm, I'm a Grateful Dead man. Just live, just put me in the live settings. Yeah, Luke, we need to have you play some on our podcast. Luke is a very secretly talented a very musician. good musician. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I would Maybe love not to secretly. hear. That. Let's get into Virginia Purdue. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Virginia. In a little bit of an injury bug situation as well. Braxton Key has been sidelined. He had a procedure on his wrist. Expected to be out until about the UNC game. They say hopefully back for UNC. Right? We That's ran into Kihei Clark at the uh, at the football game, and he told us that uh, Key was expected to be out until the UNC game. That would be good, I think, by Hoped. all means. Hoped. Yeah. Only missing two games is not bad with that, you know, wrist. And then Statman, I don't know what's going on with him, but he I, he has to have the mottos, right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I, mean, I still think it's the clap. What's going on with him? He's, <laughs> no, he's just ill. He's, he's just been three out years like, yeah, yeah. illness. Yeah, just like Did not illness. make the trip to the Mohegan Sun. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So anyways, That's, Virginia. I mean, I mean, it's hard to believe, but those guys actually matter for this Virginia team. The worst part is. I was about is, to say, you know what's up with Cody Salmon? It's just not a great shooter. When he was billed as one. That's just. The, yeah, I mean, the worst part is for Purdue fans, they have to watch another terrible like slow basketball game. I mean, they like gouge their eyes out watching that VCU game. They've watched 37 turnovers in the Florida State game, an overtime game that can't even get to 125. And now they got to play against Virginia. You know, it's just not, it's not no fun to be uh, in that mix uh, if you're a producer. Okay. So the way I look at Virginia is, I mean, defensively, they've played well. They're, they're really good, obviously. The numbers are off the charts. Great. I think it's a little bit of an aberration. I don't think they're that good defensively as everybody else does, but we shall see. Now, on the offensive end, here's what I think needs to happen. There's three guys who can score, all right? There's three of them. That's enough, I think. It should be all about Clark, Diakite, and Huff. If I were those guys, I would just be like, I need to boost my usage rate. More so? Um, Yeah. uh, That's another... Story for another day, um, but Clark, Diakite, and Huff—they just need to be shooting more. I mean, if you get it in the interior, if you're Huff or Diakite, I think your best option is try to turn and score on a hook shot. Compared to the fact that a lot of times they're kicking out to like McCoy and like, what's he going to do really? Like nothing. Um, Huff is not really shooting that much, 
or as much as we would have expected. He's not really shooting. His per- percentage is off the charts, though. So that's why it's very head scratching. Maybe it's a stamina issue. I'm not quite sure. But I just feel like those three need to be shooting a lot more. Didn't they you see him- need to be taking authority of this offense. Did, wouldn't you say you would have expected him to be taking a lot more threes to, so far? He's only taken 10 threes on the entire game. I know. I would have expected more. Yeah. I think it's the fact that they're so open because he's so tall that it doesn't necessarily feel in rhythm because it's almost always there. What are you going to do? Just try to bounce at the top of the key and let him take a shot every single possession? Because if, I mean, he, if he, he shoots forty percent from threes, then yeah, yeah. But if, if he starts missing, it's gonna feel weird, and he's not gonna pull the trigger anyway. Do y'all have any outside thoughts on Virginia? I mean, I'm just thinking about the overall matchups. I mean, you know, like Harms versus Huff in this game, Harms versus Diakite. I mean, that's gonna be a good one. I, it's gonna be interesting. You know, I mean, uh, I also say Harms is a maniac, and so far Diakite and Huff have been a little more finesse. Now, the only counter to this is. You know, being the leader of the J-Hub bandwagon, the driver. I know that when he goes up against players who are better than him or, like, more physical than him, sometimes that can galvanize him. Like, do you remember when he got into the Duke game in Durham last year and was, like, trying to chase down Lur Swat Williamson? And he did block him once, and then he got dunked on the other time. Yeah, but he went for it. And he also dunked from about the, I mean, the long stride dunk in Cameron. So I think that he plays well in these situations. I think Huff will play well. And you just need to see a good game from Mobity and uh, from Clark because during Mohegan Sun, Mobity had an off day the first game. He only had four points, foul trouble. Then Clark had an off day the second day. So if one of those guys is off, it's a problem for Virginia, and I think they lose. But if they both play okay, I'm I'm in. And look at Purdue. I mean, this yeah, they're just really rush? they're really lucky they're playing Purdue. I would probably take the points and whatever against any other Big Ten team, but. You know, Purdue is offensively, you know, one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, and I don't think they're going to get any better in this game. <clears throat> Travion Williams and Matt Harms are perfect matchups for Diakite and Huff, and the real question is like, what can No Gel Eastern do? Is is know, you know right? Kihei going to be able to like limit him on the? He's so yes. much bigger than Kihei, you know. So I I just don't know if that's if Kihei is going to be able to bother him. He- Braxton Key would be a great matchup for No Gel Eastern, but. Obviously, Braxton is not going to play. So, so we think Purdue's going to be favored in this one, right? They're, Purdue They're is projected your, as Purdue is your two-point yeah. favorite, and this over/under is the most UVA over/under ever. It's going to be like ninety-eight. Wow. I, feel like it, I feel like it might even go down from there. You know, you might see a ninety-six point over/under, and give people, me, people might be taking the under. Give me Virginia. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't bet on Purdue as a favorite in this game. Somehow they found a way to get it done, despite the fact that on offense. Basically, their their best their biggest strength has been rebounding. They have the fifth best offensive rebounding rate in the nation. I think Eastern's. I know Mike, you're a big Eastern guy. I yeah, think I like Eastern Nojo has Eastern. looked a little sloppy with the ball, which would be worrisome if I were a Purdue fan. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I I guess I just want to take the under even more and mm. maybe give me whichever team is getting points. I will take that team. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. All right. Whew, let's a, fast forward to our game's going to be painful. Okay, so let's recap. I have Virginia. Mike has Virginia. Taylor has right now Virginia since they're getting okay. Two. Right now, okay. Yeah. Right now, but I'll take whoever has the points. You can't change this. I mean, to a day now from now. Yeah, the advice is wait on the live line. Somebody's going to get up seven, and you'll be able to get. All right. Sneak you know what, there. guys? Just give me Purdue. You guys are both on Virginia. Fine. Give me Purdue. <laughs> Nebraska. It's Georgia at home Tech. for them. Big, big game. It is a big game. It's going to be a good atmosphere. 
Nebraska and Georgia Tech. This game will be played at McCabe's Pavilion. Mm. Love it. What a really? game. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like Nebraska. The Fighting Hoybergs. It's actually, I think, going to be a pretty decent game, but I mean, we don't have to go into it you know, too far if you don't want to. I know, Luke, you're kind of averse to uh, games that kind of don't matter. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I just really like Nebraska's guard play. I also really like what Hoiberg is doing early. I mean, I just think that their efficiency numbers, at least offensively and pace-wise, are way up. Um, I think it, it it provides a nice kind of counterbalance to where they were, you know, under under the previous coach. So, you know, I, I like the pace and, and space you know, options for them, especially against Georgia Tech, who, you know, is is known for being a kind of grinding defensive team. So I'm I'm actually interested in this matchup more so than anything. Um, but I still think James Banks is too much. Um, you know, I just I like I like him in this matchup in particular. So yeah, give me give me Georgia Tech here at home. I think they're currently favored to win by eleven. No. Yeah. Is Georgia it really that much? Is it an 11 point line? Oh, I have to rethink everything I was about to say oh. now. Because I think Georgia Tech is going to win this game. Yeah. I think they're better. I think Nebraska is an absolute they're fraud not, right now. They are not good. good. They do not have their feet underneath them. It's year one. You can see it all over the place. Michael DeVoe has been producing. And yeah. it's something to, to be said about putting up, what, 20 points a game in this league right now, in this 2019 2020 wonk season right yeah and i like you know i don't know if you noticed in the georgia tech georgia game devoe hit a half court to shot cover. to cover for you oh it was Taylor, great oh, Taylor so left, uh, michael crying. devoe to me is a damn hero right now. i mean the game didn't matter whatsoever he just heaved it up oh, it was amazing so i like that georgia tech is coming off back-to-back losses and they're coming home i think that's gonna I don't know. Be a little bit of a so Georgia Tech has only played four games this, so far this year, game. which is weird. Five by the time this game. Yeah, happens. it feels circle they the wagon later tonight. Type of an affair. For, I'm give me Georgia Tech and uh, is it eleven? Yeah, it's eleven. <sighs> eleven you know points I'll stick is, with it. is a lot. I'll stick with it. If it's eleven points, give me Nebraska. But I do like Georgia Tech better in this game. Yeah, I think if it's eleven or even nine, you know, give me give me Nebraska, but. Uh, Georgia Tech Just wins. I mean, they're classic sure. pass. Their, their defense is really good. Yeah, I mean, Georgia Tech wins for sure. Fourth best defensive effective field goal rate in the nation. Really good defense. Just offense, not that great. All right, yeah. clowns. This next game is where I take you to the cleaners. Notre Dame at Maryland, who might be number three in the country by this time. Yeah, I was about wow. to say, and I think that they've maybe they've played the best, in my opinion. You know, you talk about well-rounded teams. You you like Louisville. I mean. Man, I think Maryland is playing, you know, out of their minds right now. They last year, you know, had a lot of talent on the team, but I think defensively, you know, one of the nastiest teams out there right now. And I guess, unfortunately for Notre Dame, an absolute perfect matchup. Um, you know, Notre Dame, who's been getting a lot of production from my man Nate Lashevsky. I don't know if you guys have noticed, he's put up double digit points in the past three games. Do you want to hear the murderers row Notre Dame has gone through since playing North Carolina? Yeah, yeah, give it to me, give it to me. Um, I got to pull it up. Taylor? Robert Morris, Howard Marshall, Presbyterian, Toledo, and Farley Dickinson. <laughs> wow. Hey, look, Toledo's a pretty good team. All right, but... <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's, that's kind of true. And that game went to overtime. Overtime, they won by two yeah. in overtime. I mean, yeah, you're right. The average camp bomb ranking among opponents is about 290. That's out what of, I was looking for. Out of 360. So they took on 293. 
346, 213, 321, 83 in Toledo. Look out. And then 260 in Fairleigh yeah. Dickinson. Well, they're expected, you know, so the line is expected to be eight points. That's not enough. Um, for Maryland at home. I- I'm taking Maryland at the um, the Xfinity Center, which it might be a precursor to hell if anybody's visited <laughs> there. So um, not, not as far as like being a daunting experience for opposition, just a, a bad experience for anybody who's involved in the arena, even if you're a fan. A bad fan experience. Just I, I don't know, just a bad experience. That's what I call the Xfinity Center. So, um, give me Maryland. Yeah, this matchup is a terrible matchup for Notre Dame. It's like, if you took the Notre Dame team and then you made them all better, that's Maryland. I mean, you know, like, you know, you take Juwan Durham and you just make him into Jalen Smith. You know, you take uh, you take Prentice Hub and then, ooh, you got Anthony Cowan. You know, I mean, it's just like everybody is just better across the board. Daryl Morsell is going to lock up TJ Gibbs. I mean, one of the best defenders in uh, the Big Ten for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely like Maryland here with eight points. It's it's not going to be close. The only man that can save them, uh, bracket buster Nate Lashevsky, and I don't see him putting up 20 uh, which is what he would need in order for them to cover. The only counter is Maryland hasn't played a great schedule either. The computers don't love this Maryland team, which I find a little interesting. Don't Dude, you? Harvard is a is a very good team, I yeah, think. Harvard's and so, and I liked I liked Rhode Island in spurts. Um, but yeah, they haven't played the the toughest schedule in the world. Um, but I, I think this is a game where they show out a little bit. I like them. I like them to cover. Oh, I like oh, them at home. Especially. Oh, ye of little faith. Give me Notre Dame in the points. <laughs> Just flat. Just opposite from you guys. <laughs> I mean. It's worrisome to me that Notre Dame is still shooting threes at an extremely high rate and a very low percentage. So they're mm-hmm. shooting a lot of threes and not hitting them. And they just, if they had the shooting, that would be great because they are a great passing team. I think solid on defense, but I, oh. I like their game overall. I'll give me Notre Dame in the points. I think they're going to keep it close. Correction here. as well. Maryland might not be ranked number three at this time because they're playing Marquette in about 15 minutes while we're taping this early in the afternoon on Sunday. Ooh, so that could be a I tough might game for them. Got a little bit of ahead of myself, so I don't. I don't know if they're necessarily going to come out with a win, but I still like Maryland over Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, I still like Marcus Howard, man. He could light him up. But look, I'm telling you, if you're watching, well, I guess you'll have already no listened to it. But Marcus Nobody Howard has a time machine. versus uh, Daryl Morcel. I like Morcel in that match. Okay, let's let's go on to recap Maryland's across the board, right? Uh, Notre Dame. Oh wow, well, shocking. Uh, Wake and Penn State. I got news for you guys. Do you want to hear the news? Sure. I feel like we're going to say the same thing. I think I'm I ready. like this Penn State team. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to no. say you like this Wake team. Oh, no. Yeah, no, Penn, no. State's, a, Penn State's a potential tournament team. Uh-huh. I think um, they fared very well early on. The Georgetown win was very impressive. Let's yeah. face it. That was on the road. In that in the and Syracuse they beat them by game, they, double they ran away from Ran away from Syracuse, but they lost to Ole Miss. And I tell you, Ole Miss, that's not a good team. No, they're not. Oh, What's the line, Taylor? Wake Forest uh, is getting 10 points against Penn State. So Penn State, you're 10-point favorites. Okay, well, this one. Penn State's Silence. Home. Like, yes. Yeah, okay, Penn State's give me Penn State all day. This team wins by double digits. Okay. Taylor, who you got? Um, Jeez. 10 points is so much. And I really think they're much better than Wake, obviously. Uh, give me Wake with the points. Well, let's not bury Wake quite no, yet, no, no. okay? I because, mean, yes, they lost to BC, whatever. Yes, they lost at Charlotte. Not a good look. In overtime, yeah. But they did get the Davidson win, which was impressive. <laughs> and a double-digit win. And, I mean, they're 
That's the only team they played, really. That's yeah. they're five and two. That's pretty good for the Fighting Mannings at this point of the year, right? Guys, sure. I tell you, this is going to be a letdown game for uh, for Wake Forest because even though we're recording here on a Sunday and they haven't played the game yet, they're going to beat Arizona. Wake Forest is going to beat Arizona today. They're going to have an upset, and I like them to cover the game against Penn State. I think the line's going to be driven down because they're going to upset Arizona, but I tell you, 10 points is is too much. I don't like it. Hmm. But, yeah, that's that's where I got. I actually like the way that Wake Forest is playing right now. I think Brown is playing well. I, I like what Childress is doing. You know, I never thought I'd be here, but I think this is the year that gets Danny Manning kind of – he might even get an extension. An, extension. He might even get wow. an extension. They they might make the tournament this year. I'm telling you. Well, I don't I think if you I look don't at know like, how Wake scores on Penn State. I mean, it's easy to score on Davidson. Everybody knows that. But I don't know how <laughs> they're going to score on Penn State. Yeah, Penn State is nasty. I mean, Lamar Stevens is, is such a stud um, for them down low. He just gets a just bucket generator. Um, but Doesn't this feel like a late shot clock game for Wake where you have Childress – dribbling around too long maybe one other player gets a touch on offense and they get it back to him and he jacks up a terrible shot it does it does kind of happen. that's a very good description so that's why i like penn state in 10 hmm. give it to me all right mike's but, on wake i'm on wake too okay i worry i feel like they don't have much depth their top three or four i think are pretty good like isaiah mucius has been pretty good but just you know brandon childress all that stuff but then they just guthrie no. would be on wake yeah of course how about this game? I stand with Hashtag Guthrie. Hashtag I stand with Guthrie. What <laughs> Taylor's brother was that he was going to write us a one-star review. He was, that just says, hashtag I stand with Guthrie. He was incensed that Guthrie is no longer a host on the podcast. <laughs> he told me he would never listen again. Wow, your brother? Yeah. Man. Yeah. And then, he, and, then he read me, and then he read me, like, I've never actually read our iTunes reviews. He read me one review that just said, it was from the screen name, I'm Biased. The review was, you're biased. And then it just said, go Knowles. That was it. That was all it <laughs> and two stars. Two stars. I love it. <laughs> Give us a review on that's, iTunes. That's better than one star. Yeah, that's the thing. I, can't, I don't understand why he gave two stars. Taylor was probably one. puffed. He's like, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll take two. <laughs> Wisconsin and uh, NC State. This game will be played at the Red Rum. Ooh. Wisconsin, man. There's always kind of like around. I don't know. Who do you like, Luke? No, Wisconsin's willful this year. They lost to Richmond, for goodness sakes. And, and a program on the up and up. Who, Wisconsin? No, no, no. Richmond. Really? Do you yeah. know who their coach is? Uh, yeah. I mean, we just talked about him earlier. Mooney. The Mooney. Yeah. Yeah, he's not really a new flavor. He had a couple <laughs> good years. He's been around. So, so, but NC State isn't exactly setting the world on fire either. No. I mean, this is line right, right now. NC State is favored by four, oh, and I mean, it's a classic. I guess like a lot of games, Wisconsin plays. Wisconsin plays at one of the slowest paces on offense in the NCAA. NC State plays quickly, so you know you got to think whoever controls the tempo of the game will control will win the game. I will not be watching a second of this game. Oh, absolutely not. Because it's going to be on at the same time as Ohio State Carolina, so yeah, I, I mean, think I think the only reason it's a four point line is because of Wisconsin's name. I don't actually think they're very good at all this year. I actually like the Keatses to uh, come out and dominate this one in what I believe they'll perceive as kind of like a hey, look, we really remember what happened last year when we couldn't win anything non con. We really need to do something. I think he rallies the troops here. I, I like them. 
here in this game. Now you've convinced me. It's I have, really no, one I have their zero few angles left. on this game. Yeah, it's a few, few and far between. And plus, I think they match up well. I mean, you know, I just don't see, uh, I don't see anybody from Wisconsin really being able to check Markel Johnson or C.J. Bryce. Um, you know, Kobe King is is a good defender, but I think he'll be on Devin Daniels. So, I mean, Davison I mean, and Trice on Johnson and Bryce, no, no gracias. The only chances NC State has for good out-of-conference wins are the Memphis game that they lost, this game, and then later they play Auburn. So they plus, need to win this yeah, game. Yeah, and plus, you know, DJ Funderburk had got, got his boot off, um, you know, of his car, not of his foot. <laughs> but, you know, he's back and playing. He looks, you know... Out of shape, <laughs> but, but whatever, you know, he, he should, whatever. I mean, he should have not been, he should have been walking to class instead, but you know, I, I think he'll have an impact here, but Nate Rivers is going to be running them all over the floor. So that's the only shot that Wisconsin has is by exploiting Funderburk, but we'll see. I, I still like NC State. Yeah. Give me NC State here. Consensus. Now, it's, it's a terrible pick to think that anybody will be able to speed up Wisconsin, but give me NC State. Picking yeah. Wisconsin on the road and the spread is four is just not a good recipe this year. Just don't mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Call Center, maybe. On the road, no. It's at mm-hmm. PNC. Are we down to the last game? We're down to the last game. Second best game of the challenge, North Carolina and Ohio State. This game will be played at the Smith Center. Yeah, see, now this is a game that I need to go to and set up my booth and say that Neither Ohio State nor UNC is a top 10 team. Convince me otherwise. You're very low on Ohio State. Dude, Ohio State is very overrated. In you think my, they're smoking Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think Caleb Blessing is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a big Caleb Blessing guy. Um, you know, and I just, you know, I understand Luther Muhammad has had a resurgent year, but he's not he's not the uh, the shooter that he's projecting out to be right now. So, anyways, yeah, I think it's all smoke and mirrors for for Ohio State, they're built around their their defensive prowess. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like their coach. I really think Chris Holtman is a is a stud. Um, but on the road at the Ding Dong, you know, on a Wednesday night, I mean, I just you don't see North Carolina lose a lot of these games. I don't know. It's kind of hard. I, I would avoid it. Um, but if I had to pick one, I'd, I'd go with so North Carolina. UNC, okay, your one point favorite. Right now. About this UNC, game, okay. a one point favorite. The key of this game is the glass. North Carolina is sneakily getting better and better on the offensive boards. I think Roy's teaching it. I think it's starting to stick to some of the players. On the offensive boards? Yeah, they've been good. Yeah, the they're always they're third best in the nation. I'm they're saying they're great. getting yeah. even better. They're yeah. going to take over that top spot eventually once um, our boy Baycott, Baco. Yeah, Baycott. Um, yeah, Baycott. You know, keeps taking little steps. And I think he actually is going to progress, unlike uh, the artist formerly known as Nasir Little he last year. He looked really good. He didn't really progress recently, at all. Yeah, no. So, different players, different players. Here's, can we, like, uncover Ohio State for a minute? Sure. Can we uncover them? They beat a Cincinnati team who everybody loves because of one player who is not good. You talking about Cumberland? Yeah. Oh, everybody, don't. Yeah. Everybody just, whenever you hear Cincinnati, the first thing that comes to your mind is, oh, they got Cumberland. Look out. Almost like Marquette and Howard. I don't think Cincinnati's a good team at all. Mm. I'm sorry. I mean, so that's one of the impressive wins. And then the Villanova win, great, 76-51. They win that game at home. That's all they've done. And are we going to anoint this team as like a top three team in the country just because of that? I don't think so. Not so fast. Hmm. 
I agree with you that I think UNC is going to in this game, and especially is going to like just get tons of offensive rebounds. This game will be won in the interior. Yeah, and Ohio I, State does not have the shooters to combat what North Carolina is going to get on the glass. They don't. I don't know. They've they've opened up about forty percent from three as a team. I mean, they're shooting it well right now, but they have not historically, which it kind of makes me like not trust it. But you know, really, it's you know what will North Carolina be able to do offensively? You yeah. know, when they, when they have when you have like Dwayne Washington and CJ Walker, CJ Walker for Ohio State is is an excellent defender. Um, you know, when he's guarding Cole Anthony. And, you know, what what happens when you kind of stop Cole Anthony and you start double-teaming him? Um, you know, I don't like Caleb Wesson down low one-on-one against either Brooks or uh, Baycott. You know, I just I, – I don't – I agree with you down low on the, on the glass, but I think overall the UNC can win one-on-one matchups. But um, And I just don't think that Ohio State is that skilled offensively. Give me UNC. Give me Ohio State after all that. <laughs> all right. All right. After I mean, I, all that, give me Ohio State. I still think UNC is – I would just – I would never gamble on this game, but I'll, I'll take UNC, I guess. Okay. All right, so what – I mean, overall, how do we feel? I mean, is who's the better conference right now? I mean, I know that we went through and picked all the games, and I'm assuming – I think the Big Ten's better. It's The Big Ten's better, right? Yeah. I mean, just kind of across the board. I just like the Big Ten a lot more. I do, too. They have Michigan. They have Maryland. They have Ohio State. They have Penn State. I mean, I think the middle of the Big Ten is what's going to really determine this challenge. And I think the middle is just stronger than the ACC's middle. For sure. The Mm. upper echelon could go to the ACC. I would not be surprised about that at all. I could see Louisville and Virginia winning and maybe either Duke or North Carolina winning and then Florida State. But if we look at the middle, I mean, I just see a lot of Big Ten wins. Don't you guys? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I look at teams like Iowa, Illinois, Penn State, as you mentioned. I mean, let's just say the Big Ten has more core strength. Okay, I mean, they're they're much they're they're much uh, you know thicker and better conference mm-hmm. this year. So yeah, good yeah. for them. Good for them. So happy for them. <laughs> <laughs> Crown them. <laughs> yeah, the the Louisville Michigan game is is so far the premier game though of. Uh, of this young NCAA season. I'm really excited even, for that even game. Even with all like kind of the coaches versus cancer and all that other stuff, this is this is by far the best game of the year so far. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's it. And we're, I guess we're going to catch up after after the Big Ten Challenge. And what will we do after that? I guess we'll be just like, there'll be the, those like the beginnings of those doldrums, you know, well, that slow December. No, we'll start getting pumped for New Year's Eve. Oh, and Degenerate Con- and Day. And conference play coming up even in December. Yeah, what is early conference day? play? Degenerate Day is usually the first or second week of December, where we get together and we go to the casino and we see if uh, see how we do all together. And we see what really the best part is seeing what happens with Taylor. You know, like <laughs> just what kind of uh, shenanigans he gets into. Is that the best part? Really, <laughs> I don't know. It is no, for me uh, because I don't have to experience let, it. Let me, let me just tell you something about Taylor at like a casino. He's somebody who just likes to like run around the craps tables and sort of act like he's involved, but he doesn't have chips necessarily. Maybe right. he'll like buy one chip. For the roulette wheel for like maybe he'll throw down like 10 bucks and but he just likes to be around right just in the scene right right he's very all, lively i'm a scene guy mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. He, he, he's a guy that kind of like scoots in and like oh 100 on red 100 on black always been on black and then everybody just rolls their eyes it hits like the green zero and they're like you know get the hell out of here this is not flattering <laughs> and i don't like it or no, Taylor's somebody i don't who gives I, this that is advice, not how i see myself and then I he runs don't, i don't think this is what i'm like to like <laughs> The horses. 
Oh, yeah. The ponies. Now, that speaks to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. Charlestown, the only place in the country with a sports book, casino, and horse track. This is going to be an extended outro, but I think we have to remind everyone. <laughs> Get a look at their stride right there. Taylor said it was the winner. Just books it. <laughs> Do you remember that? No, this is pre-race starting. It just runs into the parking lot. Yeah, he was... He was a little too hyped. Yeah, they still ran him in the race, and you were oh, like, that's terrible. You're like, oh, Lord. They should, they should, they should not be doing Mike's that. like, give me that horse yeah, yeah. to win. I don't even think he finished the race. Yeah, but no, it didn't matter. He should not have run. He should not. <laughs>